0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 266 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic. Kevin joined by my co-host, Adnan Ika, she's at Say Which Way. Adnan, how are we doing tonight?
0: Much better now than I have in previous shows. I I won't lie to you on that one. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, enjoying these uh these cold breezy days now i'm sure it's it's much worse up there in new york where you are it's probably probably pretty pretty nice where jordan is however but you know in atlanta i think right now we're, we're hitting the low 40s at this point which is about my limit
1: yeah yeah uh, we have uh i think six inches of snow on the ground right now uh, that fell yesterday so you know I like the snow so'm I'm, I'm happy about that but most people around here were just like pissy today like so upset about all the snow it's like eh. I mean when you're in upstate New York it just it comes with the territory but even even here people are not liking it but yeah speaking of Jordan we got Jordan Watkins folks he is at big 75 fella he's over in back in Cali uh I, I believe it's probably in the 60s there how, how is the weather? currently jordan
2: oh no it's it's freezing out here right now i think we're in the 50s right now so like everything (laughs) absolutely everything's just going crazy oh my gosh like what are we gonna do i gotta i gotta put all the heaters on like
1: it's just it's
2: terrible out here i gotta close Uh, my
1: windows for the first time you know well look i'll
2: put it this way look mark (laughs) twain this is a mark twain saying right the coldest uh the coldest winter he ever experienced was a san francisco summer so just a little, <laughs> like, it, it, everything's not always all fine in dandy California as, as it as it uh you know people put it out to be. But no, like obviously comparison in terms of like we could have snow and all this, like it's fine out here.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's even the, even here it's not that bad. I, I like the snow, so I that's why that's why I'm here. You know, I, I, I like to snow ski. Like I could probably ski down my driveway right now, and that would be fun. Um, mm. The slight chance that I would hit asphalt and ruin my skis is not worth it unfortunately but uh you know i i could you know maybe maybe someday i will when i'm ready to get new skis but guys welcome in uh in case in case you weren't aware this is a falcon show uh we already talked talk about the falcons <laughs> at some point tonight um because they did win a game they defeated the hated new orleans saints in week 12 did it by nine points multiple scores i think that's their first multi-score win since the what week geez week one week one I was like thinking yeah. of a closer game. And I was like, no, actually, no, there there wasn't one. So, you know, we we get that big dub. Uh, it's against the Saints. You love to see that. And obviously we just heard the Jesse Bates one, NFC Defensive Player of the Week. That's all, always great to see. You shut up. He's done it twice. Uh, he's won it twice now, both times against NFC South opponents. So you love to see that for sure. But guys, we're going to dive into that game a little bit. I know Jordan and I went deep on it, but we'll get at Adnan's take uh, on that as well and then of course we'll talk about the upcoming matchup with the New York Jets and sort of do we think the Falcons can keep it rolling you know that they, they get to play Tim Boyle which is a big help and he, it's not his first start because it, so so we should be good you know we, we should be fine it's just the first start of these quarterbacks it seems to get us but uh, we'll, we'll it's
0: see even first start against the Falcons, like the yeah. Falcons played him against the lions. A couple That's right.
1: Ago. Yeah. So we already got that. Right. that We got that out of the way. We got that out of the way. So, uh, they should theoretically, you know, have a good opportunity to, to defeat the Jets this week, but we'll get into that and sort of, if we think this, uh, if we think the this back half of the season can actually be positive, or if this week was sort of a flash in the pan and it's about to go back into the darkness, uh, all that and more on tonight's episode. Before we dive in fully, guys, want to bring you a word from our sponsor tonight, BetOnline.ag. Folks, the holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and it's not just the Big Four. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. MMA, international soccer, obviously... We got the NFL college football championship week, all that good stuff, guys, all there on BetOnline. So head to that website, betonline.ag today. And remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline where the game starts. All right. So let's let's dive into this a little bit. Folks, we got on I'll get your take first because we we went like an hour and a half on Tuesday's show. We had a lot of takes on this game. So Adnan, I'll, I'll let you open up with with this discussion uh, because a little bit of a frustrating game, a little bit of a sloppy game, but they do come away with a nine point victory over their most hated rival. So it's hard to be too nitpicky about it. But sort of what what were some of your big takeaways from from Sunday?
0: Um. I think this game really showcased what individual brilliance and what playmaking actually is. Um, and that goes back to, you know, some discussions that we've had about Arthur Smith and not, this isn't going to be an Arthur Smith hate show. Like there's a lot of issues still with this team. We're, we're going to table like, you know, the whole, you know, head coaching draft takes all of that. We have a divisional win right now. Like what we're going to table that for like later on, but Basically, it doesn't matter what your scheme is. It does not matter what your football philosophy is. At the end of the day, playmakers are playmakers. And at the end of the day, there is a difference regarding the talent of those guys who who go out onto the field and, you know, who's, who can sort of just make a play for you, make an impact play for you. And obviously, I'm talking about Jesse Bates, who was Atlanta's big free agent signing that pick six that he had against the New Orleans Saints was it it was Ed Reed levels of play like I think RG3 had a, a great like a video recap about it on his Twitter I encourage you to check that out if you haven't seen it already but basically Jesse Bates starts out on the left side of the field in a cover one and he completely reads Derek Carr's eyes like that, that player, uh, the wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints on the right side of the field, was not Jesse Bates' man at all. That was not His assignment was pretty much Chris Olave on the post route, which Derek Carr wasn't even looking at because Jesse Bates was lined up on the left side of the field. And Jesse Bates makes a break onto the ball before Derek Carr even cocks his arm back to throw. Like, he read that play like a book. He, he read that play in film study. He, he read that play as it was going on and even Derek Carr said in the post game, yeah, he like, he wasn't supposed to be there. Like that was not his man. And, you know, you just sort of have to tip your cap to him and just say, Hey, that, that was a great job. That's one of those plays where, you, you know, one of those, uh, the safeties of the past for the Atlanta Falcons do not make that play. They don't come close to making that play. And it, that that play I think sort of changed the season for the Falcons because remember, you know, you were down three, nothing. You had that uh, fourth down, which, you know, was one of those questionable calls where, you know, the fourth and two read option run where, where you, uh, Desmond Erder gets tackled for a loss and New Orleans is all of a sudden marching downfield. And it seemed like, you know, they could have scored a touchdown to go up by two touch to go up by two possessions, even a field goal. You're down by six. You don't feel good about it. You've lost three games going into the bye week and then that play sort of, that play happens and the narrative and the tone sort of shifts because I feel like after that, the Falcons sort of played with this swagger that we have not seen from them in a long time and that we particularly have not seen from them against the New Orleans saints in a very long time, because You know, this is the first time in a long time that I remember where you can say that the Falcons went out and absolutely bullied the New Orleans Saints. I mean, like, you you know, you saw the shit talk. You saw Cordero Patterson screaming after those big physical punishing runs. You know, you saw the offensive line. Matthew Bergeron and Chris Lindstrom were the two highest graded offensive linemen according to PFF, in the entire NFL this week. The offensive line, four of the top five graded offensive players for the Falcons were on the offensive line. They absolutely controlled the line of scrimmage. Like, the, the Saints could not do anything, uh, especially in run defense, where you had 228 yards rushing in this game, 5.6 yards per carry on on over 40 carries. That's that's a ridiculous amount against any team, especially a team like the Saints, which is known as one of the better run defenses in the NFL. And then Jesse Bates goes out there. Later on, when the Saints looked like they were about to retake the lead, he punches the ball away from Taysom Hill, gets another turnover, another big impact play. And, you know, this, is, this was just one of my favorite Falcons games that I can remember because – you sort of went out there, and you you sort of controlled it. You sort of absolutely were not going to let the Saints have their way in this one. And you know the defense did give up over 400 yards, but they they didn't break in the red zone. They they did what they had to in the red zone, forcing five field goals, six field goal attempts, kept New Orleans out of uh, out of the end zone for the entire game. And you know on offense this was just an absolutely as dominating of a performance from this offensive line as I can remember.
1: Yeah, you love to see that. And, you know, I I know we spent a lot of time on Trench Talk talking about Matthew Bergeron and finally him having this really great game. And um, hopefully it's a sign of things to come for him. Maybe maybe the bye week was a chance for him to really sort of get comfortable uh, and settle in a little bit. Uh, during his rookie season, but also welcoming in, of course, Aaron Freeman. He's at currently at Locked On Falcons, still at Falc fans whenever he escapes Twitter jail. But Aaron, welcome in. How you doing, man?
3: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Appreciate you yeah. guys having me.
1: Absolutely. Well, we we're just getting out Ad- Adnan's take on the uh, the Saints win and curious what <laughs> I love the Tim Boyle revenge game. I just saw. It. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But what did you think about this? This, this Falcons win over the Saints? Were you, were you impressed by it? Were you sort of meh on it? I mean, obviously it's a win over the Saints, so you know you can't can't be too upset about that. But
3: yeah, I mean, I think. A- Objectively, uh, subjectively, all these are subjective (laughs) opinions. But like, I I think I look at this game and I say like, yeah, the the Falcons margin for error was kind of razor thin in this game. And so they kind of barely squeaked by. But at the same time, because it's against the Saints, don't really care. And the fact that they were able, as as I caught Adnan saying, you know, to sort of dominate the line of scrimmage in the ways that they did. It's like revenge for years and years of the Saints D-line kicking our offensive line's butt year after year, and it was just like to to basically put up, you know, one of the best rushing games that we've seen from an Arthur Smith-led team, and we, we have a bunch to pick from, especially when you go back to last year in terms of dominant games, and this game was pretty much as good as any of those games that we saw this team have a year ago when they were dominant on the ground, and to basically do that against the Saints just feels – it just feels a little bit better, you know? Yeah. And so – while I can sit here and be like, "Yeah, you know, there's certain some things, you know, if the Saints go one for five in the red zone, do they potentially win this game? All that stuff and more." I, yeah, I could sit here and nitpick all day long, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't care. They they wound up doing the thing punking the saints and basically everybody in New Orleans all week long is talking about how their season is over and how <laughs> they need to fire their coaching staff and how they need to just gut the roster and it just feels so much better when it's the Atlanta Falcons that can sort of deal that death blow to the uh, New Orleans Saints.
1: Yeah, I mean, you always have to appreciate that no matter what, but it and you brought up a good point like the these Falcons Saints games they're they're always ugly. They're they're always close affairs that you know even when like the Falcons are clearly better or the Saints are clearly better these two teams basically play each other to the wire so may, that was maybe inevitable but a nine-point win I mean that's much more co- this is the most comfortable win against the Saints I can remember in recent years in terms of at the end of the game not totally panicking but just nice to nice to to get the dub obviously and nice like you said just to, to see this team actually dominate the trenches. Uh, it, the Saints aren't the same up front as they have been on either side of the ball. But still, I mean, it it it, it, it just means more, right? Shout out to the SEC. or whatever. <laughs> It just means more uh, yeah. when you beat the Saints. So uh, love to see that. Love to see that. Uh, but yeah, Jordan, I know we talked about it, but sort of, not, you know, we've had some time to sort of digest this game even more. You know, how, how are you feeling about this game still? Are you still feeling pretty, pretty jazzed, uh, pr- pretty positive, even though it, it wasn't perfect? But, you know, we'll take it.
2: You know, first and foremost, before I get into that, first off, Aaron, uh, what's (laughs) going on? I gotta tell you, I love you, dog, and here's the reason why. I I know they talk about you're in Twitter jail, but when when you're not in Twitter jail, the fact that your background and your your wallpaper is Jonathan Babineau, all right, like that, like I just gotta I gotta shout that out, right? Um, But no, I want to put it this way. Look, I, I said it before, and I'll I'll keep saying it again. This was a game for me, for the Falcons, especially up front. I wanted it to be the, you know, that that, you know, uh kind of make a team tap out kind of game, right? In terms of look, if what we all think the Falcons' identity was supposed to be is this team that's gonna run the ball. I don't care if you know they're gonna run the ball, like you still can't stop it kind of games. I wanted to see it happen. And of course now you do it against the rival your hated rivals the most, the Saints. It makes it even that much more better. I still stand on that. Um you know, it, again, it was like one of those things. Well, like look at some of the biggest drives. Yes, Desmond Ritter was four for four on the uh, touchdown drive when he, when he threw the uh, wheel route, rail route, however you want to call it, to uh, Bijan Robinson. But the biggest thing about it was they couldn't stop zone. On the final drive, right, we're trying to ice out the clock. The Saints couldn't stop zone. Um, it was one of those things where I love seeing it. The reason why I did love seeing it is because I think this is really the second year in a row we're really looking at it. Where they dominated the Saints up front, especially offensively. I mean, if we if we look back to again opening week last year against the Saints in the Benz, you couldn't tell. You, I, I'm not hearing any argument that says the Saints were the more physical team in that game, right? Again, I always bring up the play. I think it was uh, Cordero was getting the touchdown. He runs over Caden Ellis, I believe. Obviously, Caden was in the Saints at that point in time, but you no, know, he set. They, you set the tempo of like no we're we're the more physical team or the more dominant team now of course a lot of things changed when Marcus Mariota fumbled and then the Saints go down to score but if you're still looking at it overall about the the Falcons were the more dominant physically imposing team in that game now they actually had a chance to get rewarded because of that right on on Sunday so you no know, i still i still feel the same way about that game um, and obviously i know we'll get into it a little bit later there, there's a little bit of that in that context too. I want to see it again this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing is can can they keep the momentum going? Have they really made significant strides or was this just sort of a, a big game against a hated rival? That And this is what we said before this game too, is like if they can't get up for this game, then like it's just completely over. Like you, you gotta got to be able to – yeah. So they, they did. Up.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you saw, like they were trash talking. You – you know, that DeMarco Hill 15 yard pen. I've never been more satisfied with my team getting penalized like than I have been in that moment. And yeah, it just sort of feels like it, it felt like a shift because it's always, especially recently, right? Like the saints have won nine of the last 11 games coming into this one against the Falcons. Like since Sean Payton got there, I know this has been the best era of Falcons football with, with the on, uh, onslaught of uh, the onset of the Matt Ryan era. But one thing that even Matt Ryan could never do was consistently beat the Saints. And, you know, it's always them out physicaling you always them winning the line of scrimmage. And, you know, it just felt like sort of a tone shift where, you know, for once you bullied them and, you know, it just felt like, you know, big brother, just, beating the shit out of little brother on the playground. And then you saw like Cam Jordan running off, running off to mom at the end of the game on the sideline, just with that scowl on his face, not not having done shit the entire game and the Saints D-line not having done shit. And, you know, Jordan brings up a great point. And I could not wait to bring it up. When is the last time the Falcons got the ball up one possession with what was it? Six minutes left. And just absolutely suck the life out of the game. like wh- when's the last time that happened? L- remember last year against the Saints they pu- in, in a similar situation, they punted the ball away in a you know that was a fourth down in their territory. I still say that that was a very stupid, stupid punt to make, but you know mm. that's that, that's another discussion. but you know they just the Saints knew you were going to run it. It doesn't matter who you were running it with Bijan, Algier, or Cordero Patterson, it was always going to result in a chunk play. You went down the field, you kicked the field goal, and I can only imagine how frustrating it was for them. And I can imagine it because we we were on the other side of that, just you know, watching them completely dominate up front for years and years. And I hope that this is a sign of things to come, starting with that week one game last year. Of you know this now being one of those rivalries where the Falcons just control the trenches moving forward.
1: Yeah, we need to stack some dubs against the Saints because we, we we lost a lot of ground in the uh, the all time series, so we're gonna have to start uh, making some headway the other direction. This is a good start to that. But yeah, Aaron, curious your thoughts on on the defense in this one because you know Jesse Bates obviously the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, amazing game. But I thought that the Falcons defense actually played pretty well I mean it, it obviously the lack of pass rush is still killing them and uh Chris Olave, if he hadn't gotten hurt who knows what would have happened but when when you hold a team to 0 and 5 in the red zone I I'm really impressed because it's it's that that's 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 where it matters right down there inside the 20 so what was your overall thoughts on how the defense looked uh even though they gave up a ton of yards
3: <laughs> yeah I mean you know but it's, it's been but don't break so you know at the end of the day as long as you don't break you're like all right, I don't, I don't mind a little bending, you know? Um, I, I think the defense, play, you know, Jesse Bates was outstanding. You know, they threw at A.J. Terrell one time. It was very clear that Derek Carr was like, I don't want any part of that, so I'm just going to go after uh, the other side. And, and unfortunately, Jeff Akuta kind of got Fabian Moreau in this game a couple of times against uh, Chris Olave. And, and for those of you that don't know what I mean by that, like two years ago when Fabian Moreau was starting opposite A.J. Terrell and he was playing at an elite level, And pretty much every week, everybody's like, why would I throw it at AJ Terrell's side of the field? I'm just going to go after Fabian Moreau. And it led to Fabian Moreau being much maligned, although I still support that he was solid, relatively speaking, uh, for for how much the Falcons paid for him. uh, And basically was fine until you got into the red zone. And that was the opposite for the Falcons defense this week, where, you know, it was all downhill. Like, I remember watching the game and... You know, watching the Saints m- move the ball up and down the field, I'm like, oh, here we go, and then Jesse Bates shows up and creates a turnover, and it's like, okay, all right, that's that's fine. Um, uh, enjoy that. And you're right; like the pass rush really wasn't there outside of a couple of plays, um, you know, but it was effective. Like even Jesse Bates had a couple of blitzes where he got pressure and forced some incompletions from uh, uh, Derek Carr in this game. Um, and you know Kay Nellis you could argue had his best game of his season and in the fact that he was kind of you know tasked with covering uh Alvin Kamara in this game which is not a matchup that favors Kay Nellis in any shape or form but he still held his own in in those matchups um you know I think speaks to that and so clearly he was up for this game and Nate Landman was solid um you know D Alfred had a couple of uh, positive plays Trey flowers had his best game of the season. you got positive contributions from DeMarco Hellams, Richie Grant, who's been very rough over the month of November, probably had his best game of the year as well. So I think even though you can poke holes in certain areas of the defense, giving up so many yards, you know, a couple of rough outings for a couple of guys uh, overall, it, it felt like collectively, you know, a lot of players on this defense had their best games of the season. And I think that was, what led the Falcons to be able to make the critical plays in the critical moments to get stops and, and force the Saints to have to settle for a bunch of field goals.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and you'll take that. You know, I, I'm still, I'm I'm mostly upset with the whatever decision led to Mike Hughes starting in the slot. Uh, <laughs> that That's my biggest beef, really, with this entire performance. Uh, and then it, I just, it's like, look, if, if D. Alfred's not healthy enough to play, just make him inactive. Like, And clearly he was healthy enough to play because he played for almost 50 snaps after Mike Hughes got hurt. But it's just like, yeah, whoever, whoever decided that it was, well, we're going to start Mike Hughes and put him on Chris Alave that don't do that. Okay. Don't, don't do that. That's a bad idea. And this, as much as it pains my UCF legend brother, uh, you know, Mike Hughes, uh, please know, please know more. Like, can we see Clark Phillips? Thank you. Uh, at this point it's, it's, it's hella ugly, <laughs> but I mean, Chris Alave is a tough matchup. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, oof, big, big, ugly there. Uh, so yeah, the Falcons beat the Saints, obviously first place in the division with the tie with the tiebreaker now, 3 and 0 in the NFC South, which is very important uh, over the over the stretch run because that that tiebreaker and the fact that the Falcons are uh, have beaten every single NFC South team now, so they're they're they will not get swept by anyone in the division, which means that no one can own a tiebreaker against them essentially at this point, um which is hilarious. Uh, it's it's gonna be a wacky finish no matter how this this team plays the Falcons technically are probably gonna be in it basically until week 18 almost no matter what unless they just like completely go on a huge losing streak at this point but now we're heading into <laughs> this Tim Boyle revenge yeah I, I, I gotta I gotta you know get your take you know what what, what do you think about this this match we'll, we'll get we'll move on to the Jets here uh Aaron and and you know, what do you think is is this the Tim Tim Boyle revenge game? You know, do you, do you have faith? Is Aaron Rodgers going to play? <laughs>
3: well, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I don't I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play this season. Although, you know, if the Falcons find a way to lose to Tim Boyle, it will give the Jets hope and optimism that maybe you know maybe they can make a run to to get a seven seed, and that will justify maybe bringing back Aaron Rodgers. I think around week sixteen is where I think realistically he, he might come back uh, for a stretch run, but. Um, you know, you look at this game. You you look at how impressive the Falcons were against the Saints, and so it's automatic to sort of look at this Jets game to be like, oh, the Falcons will just roll. But like, I feel like the Jets are much harder matchup for the Falcons than the Saints were, because the Falcons we know that they just play like crap on the road, so like their their ceiling goes like their or their floor goes like down to the the basement level, and all of a sudden they become a much more beatable team until they can shake those road woes. And I was looking at the numbers and like Desmond Ritter turns the ball over at nearly twice the rate on the road. He takes three times the, the number of sacks on the road. And then you're facing this jets D line that two of the things that this defense does better than anybody else. They're like top 10 in the league is getting takeaways and sacking the quarterback or pressing the quarterback. And it's like, oh, no, <laughs> this is this is like a perfect storm for a letdown sort of game, especially when you're coming off that emotional high against the Saints. So I think that's going to be the challenge for the Falcons. And I just, I just think if all they have to do is just not make mistakes, and that's going to be the thing that gives the Jets an opportunity to get into and win a potentially low-scoring game, because I, I don't expect the Falcons' offense to, to put up a ton of points against this defense for all the reasons I already mentioned. And so it's just like if the Falcons just – Hey, just don't turn the ball over. Just like no fumbles, no picks. Hey, don't give up a 75-yard punt return. Like don't shoot yourself in the foot. You can win a 13-to-10 game against Tim Boyle, right? We we did it before. I forgot what the score was that <laughs> Lions game, but it was a low-scoring game. We did it before. I recall, and, you know. So it's <laughs> just like you don't just don't shoot yourself in the foot. That's all you have to do. Like you're better than this team. Just don't screw it up and you'll be fine. That's all they got to do and because they're on the road, it's like, oh, you know, (laughs) Falcons. It's like, and so like, I'm optimistic and and, and confident that they'll win the game, but I think it's going to probably be the most trash, dirtiest, sloppy sort of way to get to like a 13 to 10 win. And I'm just like, I'm already, I'm like, I'm emotionally preparing for this sort of letdown and being completely pissed off at the Falcons in the fourth quarter. Like, why are you sucking so much? So I, I just tell everybody else, go into it with that expectation. So if they just aren't terrible, it's like, oh, hey, progress, optimism. They're moving in the right direction. So that's kind of how I see this upcoming matchup.
0: Yeah. Aaron, I mean, that, sounds yeah, like, yeah. that sounds like the plea of a man who has seen, you know, <laughs> a here we go again story so many times. Because I, I, I could feel the emotion as you're just like pleading with the Falcons to not falcon the shit up the way that they usually do
1: yeah oh yeah no i mean losing to tim boyle would really be the icing on the cake of of the fire arthur Smith uh, crowd like it like lost to tim boyle that that's what really pushed this pushed us all over the edge here but uh hopefully we won't have to entertain that eventuality but jordan i'm curious what you think about about this matchup because jets offense obviously not fearsome you know they they're very dependent on running the football um and even that they haven't been you know they, they've they been good in terms of like yards per carry like I think they're actually like fifth in yards per carry but they're 27th in total yards because they just never get a chance to run the football because they get behind and it becomes really ugly for them um but like it's not an offense that scares you the defense is is, is terrifying against the pass but against the run They've been beatable, you know. They're they're slightly below average on a yards per carry basis. They they do allow, like the you know second most yards of any team on the ground. But it, it the Falcons run the ball, so in theory it should be they should be able to take advantage of it. But I I guess I'm worried that you know this should be like a let's like not even put the ball in the air game, and then like we come out throwing uh, for some reason in this one. That's that's what I'm afraid of. But what what, what are you afraid of in this game, Jordan?
2: Hey, I'm I'm telling y'all, I get it. It's the Jets. I have a lot of concerns about this game. And I say that because of just certain matchups right now. You want to look at it one way. So I think coming into this week, the Jets give up 140 yards on the ground, the second worst, like per game, second worst rush defense in the NFL. Well, we've heard that before, right? Remember, we played a team a few weeks ago, it was like, oh, they're one of the worst run defenses in the league, we should be able to make things happen against them in that regard. Uh, that was the Arizona Cardinals. We lost that game. Um, one of the things that I'm really concerned about in this game is the fact that you look up front. One of the things where the Falcons have struggled in terms of blocking and and, and making run lanes open is certain types of D linemen. And I think when you have certain guys like Quentin Williams inside offs, we know how talented he is. And also like a big body, and Al Woods is a big body, uh, sometimes they struggle with that, right? Like, I mean, obviously, Kevin, I know you and I, we've talked about, uh, you know, I'm higher, I'm a lot higher on Drew Dalman than, than most are. Uh, and I said, you know, one of the places where I want to see and how he does is when there's size that's lined up against him. Like I said, Al Woods is a big dude. That's going to be a test, right? Um, so I, I, I just want to see how they respond to that. Obviously, we know what the, uh this is one of those groups, especially inside linebacker, they're a top three unit in the league. Right, San Francisco's up there, and Tampa Bay's up there too. When Devin White's healthy, I know he got hurt the other week, but like those are probably you're, you're looking at your top three inside linebacker units in the league in that regard. So the thing for me though, and where I'm really concerned too, is okay, if this offense doesn't do what it should do, right? In turn, I'm saying like you said, you know. Move the ball, run the ball on the ground. Maybe use play action, find some easier reads, make some things easier against a tight, a tough secondary, secondary uh, that the Jets have for Desmond Ritter. If you don't move the ball, and we're just doing the three and out punt game or whatever back and forth, you're putting that defense out there for the Falcons out a lot. What's the one thing, Kevin, that we talked about with uh, on Trench Talk uh, for the defense is again because of the injuries, right? Brady Jarrett is not here anymore. Um, Kale London, we'll see when he's actually going to be back. The depth is not there as much as it once was. So, you talk about this run game that the Jets have. Yeah, they don't, they might not have the yards. That's because they're losing all the time. So, yeah. it means you don't have the chance to run the ball. But they can run the football with Brees yeah. Hall and company. So, if you continuously put your defense out there and that D-line out there and they start to get worn down, that's going to be a problem. Um, So, that, that's the way I'm looking at this game. Obviously, I do think the Falcons will win and they should win. But I am telling you, like, these are some of my areas of concern that I'm looking at in terms of this matchup.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's definitely a key to to limit the ground game, especially early, you know. And really, like, to me, this is just a let's like be ultra conservative. Like, this is an ultra conservative game. You're going up against an elite secondary, a very, very good defense don't try to get cute don't try to do anything too aggressive you you can wear this defense down because they are a really good defense but that offense with Tim Boyle they're going to make mistakes you just have to wait for it to happen mm-hmm. so don't don't make mistakes yourself trying to take it to them and and you know it pains me because like I'm a proponent of this aggressive style of play like I want to go for it on fourth down I want to be aggressive I want to take deep shots and all this but like we've talked about it this Falcons team they can't do it why? Because they don't execute. They don't execute at a high enough level where you can trust that you're going to get that fourth down. Not because you're not talented enough to get it or because it's not analytically correct to go for it. It's because the chances of somebody screwing up, running the wrong route, missing a block, whiffing, fumbling the football, whatever, is so high with this offense for God knows what reason. You should, you should just take the points with this offense because the defense is pretty good. Right? If they just take the points instead of going for it on fourth down in, in a lot of these games, they're they're winning comfortably by the time the game ends. and it's you know, and it pains me because i I'm always, I've always been a proponent of like we should be aggressive, we should go for it. and and I like that style of offense, but you can't do that. First of all, against an elite defense, like the Jets probably you know lead, leads you to be a little bit more conservative and and also when your offense is, is as mistake prone as it is, you, you just should be a little bit more conservative. And I know you're you're a proponent of that as well.
2: Well, I mean, I guess the thing for me is I, I don't have a problem of being aggressive when the Falcons have been aggressive. It's how you go about being aggressive. So again, we we just talked about, right, the Saints game, and we, we really saw it in that second half, how the Saints had no answer for the run game, right? Now, how how much different would have had it looked or how how different would we have felt if that fourth and two instead of you're, you're going to motion Caleb McGarry to the other side of the line and then be cute and run a, a a read option on the other side where you just motion from, what if we just said, okay, we're going to run in, we're going to run zone right here. Cause we don't think you can stop it. And then we get the first down, right? Like how, It'd how be much too obvious, how differently, but you <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like there, there's a difference for me in terms of being aggressive, which I don't have a, I don't like to an extent, I don't yeah. have a problem with, but How does it look when you're being aggressive? Like once he went a motion, remember I told you I was at the game. I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is new. And then once we ran a play to the opposite side of the motion, that's when I was like, what are we doing? It it wasn't the play itself. It was, I mean, the decision itself. It was the play. Like, why are we doing this? Who are you trying to fool? Don't fool them. The Saints are not good against the run this year. Punish them. And of course, like, that's what ended up winning us the game is we punished them on the ground. So why did we not do that sooner? You know, that, that, that's, that's kind of where I am with all of this.
1: Yeah, no, that makes total sense to me. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about it too. Uh, you know, I don't disagree with it in principle. And in fact, I generally am a proponent of, of being more aggressive, particularly on fourth down, but it matters how you do it. And it matters if you can execute it consistently or not, but yeah, Adnan. Curious your thoughts on this. Are are you you know feeling feeling relatively positive here, or, or are you have a lot of trepidation surrounding this Jets matchup?
0: Um, the Jets aren't going to be a, a pushover. Um, their defense is legitimately really really good. Um, and you know there's one stat that really sort of highlights it. The Jets are last in the NFL in blitz percentage. They blitz less than sixteen percent of the time but they are third in quarterback pressure percentage, which counts hurries, knockdowns, and all sack plays. The only teams that are, you know, have a higher uh, quarterback pressure percentage than they do are the Cleveland Browns and Kansas City Chiefs, both also very elite defenses, arguably the two best defenses in the AFC, and then you have the New York Jets who are right there with them. We've seen them go through just – a gauntlet of really good elite quarterbacks and we've seen them make each of those quarterbacks look very very mortal throughout this season so yeah I'm I'm right there with you guys that you cannot play into their hands you you cannot you know this is not an air raid type game first of all no game with Desmond Ritter should be an air raid type <laughs> game but especially not this week like, this, this week especially is one where you really have got to establish the run. And this is one of those weeks where you you have to make things as simple as possible for Desmond Ritter. Because, you know, Robert Sala can call a hell of a defensive game. And the New York Jets are elite. Like, they are absolutely elite on defense. They're seventh in the NFL on takeaways. They have 19. Their Achilles' heel. The Achilles' heel of this defense is missed tackles. They are third in the NFL in missed tackles. They have 89 this year. Only the Panthers and only the Houston Texans have missed more tackles than they have, which, you know, sort of bodes well to that argument of you know, get B. John Robinson into space, uh, you know, and, and sort of let him work. Let him work in space a little bit against, you know, these Jets players and, and make them make them prove that they can tackle him consistently without missing those tackles. Um, I'm, I'm only worried that Arthur Smith will kind of get cute because we've seen that happen, but you know, hopefully, hopefully it it doesn't happen. And hopefully he realizes that, yeah, like this is not, this is not a team to really sort of mess around with. This is not a team to experiment against, um, go out there and yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I think an ugly 16, 10 victory, you, you know, this is one of those games where, if it's fourth and three, uh, and you're at midfield, I, I'm I'm more than okay punting it away. Um, you know, if it's fourth and two, you're on the thirty. Take the three points, kick the field goal because on the other end, their offense is really really bad. And Tim Boyle, arguably Tim Boyle should not even be in the NFL. <laughs> like let's let's just be honest. He's he's one of the worst backups in the NFL. In his career, he has what four touchdowns and 11 interceptions uh, he has not inspired any confidence it feels like he's just there because Aaron Rodgers sort of vouched for him uh, I know that that's what a lot of people are, <laughs> are sort of saying on social media but I feel like I, I would be more worried about this game if it was if they were playing against Zach Wilson yeah and that's that's saying something about Tim Boyle so you, you know like Aaron said, the only way you can really sort of jeopardize this game is if you start shooting yourself in the foot. And we have a quarterback that has absolutely shot himself in the foot many times this season. So just don't give him a chance to do that. And just, you know, win a very simple, very ugly, chaotic sort of game. And, you know, if it's 16 to 10, if it's 10 to 7, r- get the fuck out of New York <laughs> <Yeah. today. laughs> because. Yeah. So this team has not won back-to-back games since the beginning of the season, and they really need to start stacking some of these wins right now. Yeah. I just
2: love how we keep saying as long as this team doesn't shoot itself in the foot. Well, guess what the Falcons have done they've all never
1: do- They've never not done They have
2: that. shot <laughs> themselves in the foot. Like, it, it, like, yeah, we can talk about Desmond Ritter and his turnovers. That's a big part of it. But again, you have a first down at the one-yard line. The first thing you do is get a false start. Shooting yourselves in the foot, you know like some of the pre-snap penalties that we've gotten, some of the missed tackles that we remember we went through a stretch where we had a lot of missed tackles. A lot of why we are sitting here at five and six is because the Falcons continuously shoot themselves in the foot. So like, and I I admit I am kind of guilty of this too, in terms of you know I when I look at Desmond Ritter and I'm trying to evaluate him and how he's played, I will say you know. Well, if he doesn't turn the ball over, he's kind of good. Well, guess what he keeps doing? He turns the ball over, right? So, like, to your point, Adnan, like you say, like, well, if this team doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, guess what the Falcons keep doing? So, it's almost at a point now, like, if we're going to talk about this team, we almost have to count in the fact that there's going to be a point in this game
0: where they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Do but not that
2: that's just that's just where they are now.
0: Yeah. L- like th- this feels like one of those games where like, you know the Jets are winning because of a pick six or something. like yeah. It, it's yeah, j- just keep it simple. Keep no this, I mean, ha- this needs to be the simplest game possible. like it needs this needs to be remedial, like right now. do do not don't do anything advanced,
1: yeah. no, well, I, I think I, like honestly, a decent number of the Jets points have come from defensive scores. But yes, please go ahead, Aaron.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think basically their game plan that they had against Arizona that they lost that game, but it was like a lot of screens, just running the football, and like for whatever reason, Taylor Heineke like refused to execute any of the screen passes. He was like, I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing (laughs) this swing pass to Bijan Robinson. I'm going to do whatever I want to. You know, Taylor Heineke out there, Uh, and so my hope is that Desmond Ritter will just like, hey, we dialed up a swing pass to Bijan throw the swing pass to Bijan, and if it gets two yards, it gets two yards. We'll figure it out. We'll live to play another down. Just, like, run a vanilla version of this offense, and that should be good enough to win a 13-10 to game against Tim Boyle and the Jets, and if you just don't do what the Falcons did, like, they didn't turn the ball over in that game, but, you know, they missed, like, five tackles on a 70-yard punt return or whatever, and it's just like, hey, all you guys that are just, like, whiffing at air on this punt return – on Falcons legend, Greg Dortch, like just tackle the guy. That's all you got to do. Just tackle the guy. Like all, all you have to do is just do basic execution things. The things that you have been doing all your life, playing this sport of football, just do those things. And you should be fine. And, and we'll be in a position where we can either seal the win in the fourth quarter, or we can go down the field and need to make the plays to set up a young way. coup field goal to win the game in the fourth quarter. Just don't screw it up. But as you guys have said, it's the Falcons and we're going to be sitting there in the fourth quarter pissed off because they find a way to screw it up and make it way harder than it needed to be. And, and you know, I just <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm psychologically trying to prep myself. I got a couple more days to get yep. geared up for that expectation. But I know when it comes Sunday, I'm still not going to be ready for it.
2: I mean, look, no. you, you already heard how I talked about it, right, Aaron? I already <laughs> said, like, look, I have my concerns about this game.
1: I'm already there. I'm yeah. already there. I think we're all on the same page on this one. It's just, like, it feels very ominous. that It's like, oh, wow, we should really win this game. Every time I felt that way, they've really screwed up bad. Like, the Cardinals game, you know, that was... Oof. The Kings game. Yep. Yeah, it's like, oh, man, I, I, I really... Look, so
0: really, really should win this game. Yeah, like, Josh Dobbs, Kyler Murray,
1: like, yes, it was their first games back, but, like, I mean, Josh Dobbs just is coming off a bad game, but Josh Dobbs is one of the better, like, spot starters in the NFL, no question, and then, you know, Kyler Murray, obviously, when he's healthy, when he's dialed in, not too obsessed with Call of Duty, very good quarterback, Tim Boyle is, like, like not even, yeah, this is Tim Boyle, (laughs) it's Tim Boyle. And to this defense's credit, they've actually, like, shut down bad quarterbacks for the most part, like, this year. Um, Literally,
0: on defense, load up the box. Like, put eight men in the box every single play and make Tim Boyle beat you. He's not going to be able. To. He's going to throw picks. Like if you make him throw don't, the football, he
1: will throw interceptions. So <laughs>
0: don't challenge this team with a good time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You
1: say
2: make someone beat you, don't don't challenge them with a good yeah. time, please. They're going to put
3: my keys. I'm Mike not, worried, I'm in not the- worried about the Falcons defense. I'm no. 100 all my concerns are the offense yeah. just finding ways to screw this up. That's yeah. or special teams completely crap in the bed and it's like what why guys? Like why? You're like you have one of the best kickers in the league you have a good punter you have good return specialists you have good coverage but for some reason you decide every now and then you just want to like just give up 70 yard punt returns and 70 yard kick returns and it's just like why are you doing this like just stop sucking that's all you got to do falcons like stop sucking just be normal just
1: <laughs> they can't be, be normal. normal they can't they we can't know we it. know they can't, can't. yeah that, so that that's yeah man this team but yeah it you just got to beat tim boyle uh, and and I don't think you have to do a whole lot to to do that because i I think it's this is one of those games where you just wait around for them to make a mistake and you capitalize and like you get up you get up ten points on the Jets and it's probably game over. like I don't like literally against the Dolphins, you know, they get blown out thirty four to thirteen. Half of their thirteen was a pick six. so like they they just like they scored six points against the bills like Tim boyle is is really bad. like legitimately, I'd be much more afraid of Zach Wilson. Because at least Zach Wilson sometimes escapes the pocket. And we know that's like the Falcons' nightmare. Is like any a quarterback that can even slightly move is like the an anathema to this, you know, defense. But Tim Boyle is not that. Uh so I agree with, with what you guys were saying. I, I think the defense will be fine. It's just up up to the offense to not just completely shit the bed. And as long as they don't, we sh- we should win this game. And like it, this could be a game that they win comfortably, but it's it's on the road, and it's like, uh, you know how how do they look you know, it's, yeah
0: it's December. You, you just we just talked about upstate new york uh at the start yeah. of the show yeah. six inches of snow there like
1: yep oh yeah so no it's just they just need to to come out it should be a run heavy game plan they should k- keep the ball out of the air as much as possible just don't even test anyone um and and just grind this jets defense which is very good but they can be ground down over the course of a game. They have been. They've already they faced the most rushing attempts of any defense. This is a a, a battered defense at this point. They've really gone through it. Like you you can wear this defense down with the run game. You don't really have to do anything fancy. Just go in there, beat them up on the ground and, and come away with the win. And, and hopefully, again, I know people mentioned it, stay injury free because that stadium is an abomination. Like that field is terrible. Man. So um yeah, it, it you just gotta be. Just got to hope for the best there. And Dana Feller really should do something about that field, but <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad.
2: Um, One thing I was going to say too, because I know we were just talking about the the Jets O line. I do want to an extent, see this be a get right game for the pass rush. Now I'm not saying that because they get success against the Jets, that means that all of a sudden we're going to have a fixed pass rush. No, that's not what I mean. But what I'm saying is again, so obviously Kevin, again, we talked about, uh, Arnold Epikady and the sack that he got against the Saints right and I told you like it, it just feels like there is a certain confidence level in him when he's going against starters and like especially those top tier starters versus when he goes against you know replacement level kind of guys right so this week I want to see the whole game that confidence level be like you're going against the replacement level kind of guys so if anyone's asking again, so we talked about some trench talk when he got the sack, right? It was the double double arm swipe move. He he got upfield. It looked like he was rushing with a purpose. And I don't always see that with him. Like, I, I think that's one thing I would love to see just be a little bit more consistent with him. Um, because another example I use was he tried to do a spin move. And this was when Ramchek was actually in the game. And it just didn't look like he fully bought into, hey, I'm going to rush upfield to sell the upfield rush. And then, boom, that's when I hit the spin. It was kind of a little slow, a little choppy. So Ramchek, being a smart tackle that he is, he sat on it. Right. So, again, with with the offensive line struggles that the Jets have, I want Arnold Evicata to have the mindset of, look, there's nobody that's going to be out there that can block you on the edge. And so let's see him get home a little bit more often, right? Obviously, we've seen Bud Dupree win a good bit. Now, let's see that next level win and also get the quarterback down, right? Because, you know, again, we talked about you look at the rest of the schedule, you're going to have a, you're going to face a couple of mobile quarterbacks. So, like having that confidence of getting home and winning and, and winning these one on ones, it's going to matter. And anytime you have an opportunity to build that confidence momentum, you have to take advantage of it. So, That's that's what I want to see from this game. Right. I want to see a lot of pressures, hurries, QB hits, obviously three, four sacks, even more uh, from this D line. Um, That's one thing I really need to see in this weekend.
1: Yeah, I would love to see that as well. I think this is a game where, like, like I said, the defense should be able to take over this game. I would love to see them get back on track a bit against what we know is a super undermanned offensive line. They've had so many injuries. Even even Makai Becton uh is, is limited at this point. Um yeah. you know, it's really just stopping Brees Hall because he's he's that home run threat yeah. and he could take any carry for big stuff. But um so yeah. You know, we'll we'll see how that goes.
0: But and, and yeah, just, yeah go ahead. just to not get ahead of myself, speaking about the schedule. <laughs> if you you pull away if you, if you if you come out of New York, come out of MetLife with the win, and you know, like you said, Kevin, hopefully very healthy because that. We we can talk for an hour about how the NFL needs to get rid of turf and start going to actual natural grass, but that that's that's a story for the off season. Um, if you come away with this, you are at six and six. You are going to consolidate first place in the division. Nothing the New Orleans Saints can do can take away first place. And the Saints, by the way, they play the Detroit Lions this weekend. Like the Lions who are coming off of a, an extra three days of rest, probably pissed off after losing on Thanksgiving, and who look really, really good. After that, you play the Bucks at home, who whom you absolutely declassed in uh, in Tampa Bay Uh earlier this season, then you play in, in Carolina, who just looks like an absolute disaster at this point. You have a really, really good chance because of the, this schedule is the gift that keeps on giving for the (laughs) Falcons this season. And you have a chance to really stack some wins and to really put some distance between yourself and the rest of this division with, with these next three games. Like you will be favored to win these next three games if you do so, you're going to win the tiebreaker against everyone else. Even if you win those two games against the Bucks and Panthers, even if the Saints beat you in Week 18, you have the tiebreaker on account of the uh, four and 5-1 and one division record at that point. So yes. the Saints will have to go into that game, at the very least, tied to have a, any, any sort of a chance of winning this division. But, you know, like I said, I'm getting ahead of myself, but everything is lining up for the Atlanta Falcons to sort of just, you don't even have to be great. You don't even have to be like an elite football team. You just have to do what you're supposed to. And you just have to, you know, not screw it up these next few weeks and you can sort of glide your way to a division title this season. So yeah. I, I just, I,
2: I just want to say this, sorry, Kevin, I just want to say this real quick. Cause Adnan, I don't disagree with anything that you said. Um, but here's, what's frustrating about the Falcons this year. We can say about the Falcons last year and just this division as a whole, this whole season, we could have said, and we've been saying, you know, the way the schedule lines up, this is the possible, this is available. You can do this. You can do like, that's been the case this whole time. Yet here we are at five and six. You know, I think there's a reason why everyone talked about that, uh, that practice last Wednesday during a bye week. And Aaron, I'd love to hear your comments on this too. Um, there's a reason why everyone talked about it, like being so physical, because I think everyone in that building is frustrated too. Of uh, They knew that, right? Like you're, you're going against Will Levis in his first start. You're going against this, this commander's team who, again, they were just waiting for any reason to say, Hey, you know what? We, it's time to fire Sale." Time to go. They were just waiting. They were sitting on G, waiting for O to, to get rid of a lot of stuff in that building. You didn't give it to him. And then, of course, again, Josh Dobbs, we can talk about how how good he is as a backup, yada yada yada. The dude was there for five days. He never you practiced. shouldn't have lost that guy. He didn't take any risk. Right, he, he didn't it, practice. He didn't know the cadences. He didn't know anything. And you lost to him. So again, this is one of those things where you're not wrong in talking about yes, the, the schedule lines up for the Falcons to run away with this and make things happen. But the problem is, it has always lined up for them to run away with this and make things happen. And they haven't done it. So, at least for right now, I can't give them that benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's very true. And that's kind of my, my last sort of, thing to touch on here is what what do we think the rest of the season is going to be like I know I mentioned the, the very easy schedule and you touched on it too Jordan but Aaron what, what do you think is was this Saints game just another mirage and this team's about to go on another huge losing streak against a very winnable stretch do you think maybe they turned a corner after the bye where are you sort of we obviously don't know too much yet we've seen the one game after the bye and didn't look all that different other than the run game being better I mean I know we got the most important player on offense back in Parker Hesse uh, but, but you know what, what do you sort of what do you what do you think about the rest of the season? Do you, do you have hope at this point, or, or are you not buying in, in in any way, shape, or form at this?
3: Well, stage? I'll, I'll definitely feel a lot better about this upcoming matchup if we find out on Saturday again that Parker Hesse is active for this game, <laughs> yes. elevated from the practice squad. So you know, I just, just give him a just give him a roster spot. You know, yeah, what the like, hell? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know, hey Joe Gaziano, I love what you're doing in, in practice or whatever, but like, you've been inactive pretty much every game this year. Like, what are we doing here? Give that spot to Parker Hesse, but. I, I I agree with you guys. Like this season has basically been, Hey, the Falcons get a little momentum and then they take two steps back. And the answer the question, I don't know. Like that's why this game to me is going to be important. Like, again, I I don't need this team to go out there and play a great game of football. I just need them to play a clean game of football. You know, it's just like, don't screw up. That's all you got to not do. Just don't screw up. And if you cannot do that, in a tough road environment against a good defense, if you just don't shoot yourselves in the foot, like I'll feel a lot better about this team's ability to do the things that Adnan's talking about down this stretch as opposed to the previous stretch. That, oh, there is something different about this team after the bye week because they went out there and they dominated the Saints in the way that we've been looking for and looked like they were fired up whether that was from the practice or, you know, just a general whatever. But the fact that they came in and now it's like, OK, you 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 got on that emotional high. And we know in this league, any given Sunday, all that stuff, you tend to have that letdown game, that trap game. It's a road game against a quote unquote inferior opponent against the Jets. And so don't fall into the trap. And if they don't fall into the trap again, they don't have to play a great game of football. They're just good enough without shooting themselves in the foot. That will give me the confidence, okay. There's something different about this version of the Falcons than what we saw a month ago when they were in, already in first place and had you know several winnable games ahead of them so that they could create that separation that Adnan's talking about. And like, okay, that this this is different now, but they could again what we've been talking about. We've lined up all the reasons why this yep. team can fall into that trap against the Jets and we'll yep. just be doing this all over again. Well, same old Falcons. Maybe they'll figure it out this week and, you know, we'll get to that week 18 game and we'll be like, well, maybe they got a chance to win this game and back themselves into the playoffs and we can sit there and, you know, moral victory, all that stuff. But I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that we can actually not have one of these conversations again, where we're sitting here going like, well, they're going to probably screw it up somehow. Like we can actually start to actually buy into this team, not screwing up for once and not Falconing, you know, and, uh, you know, being something more than that. So that's yeah. what I'm hoping, but we'll Me see. too.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. That that's where I am. Is it, like, just they, they had an absolute opportunity to, to get out. And I mean, it's, they didn't even need to win out. Like after beating the bucks, they had that three game stretch, Titans, Vikings, and Cardinals. And it's like, you should go two and one there. You don't need to go three and oh, you know, shit happens. It's the NFL. You're going to lose some You're going to lose some stupid games sometimes. Uh, I predicted they'd lose the Titans game because I was like, this is going to be their stupid game that they lose, you know. And then Same. they they lose all three. You know, they lose to Josh Dobbs with no practice. They lose to the one in eight Arizona Cardinals. Uh, And they lose all, you know, they, they go 0-3 when they probably should have gone 2-1. and And now it's like, I, I don't blame anyone for not buying into this team because they haven't really given you anything to buy into. You know, that that's why we were hearing people call for Arthur Smith's job. And I, I don't think he's out of the out of hot water yet. I mean, depending on who you ask, he's completely safe, which I think that's ridiculous. Like you can't be completely safe at this point, in my opinion, but you, you got to beat the jets, <laughs> beat the jets. Then we can talk, right? We we could talk about maybe they're building something. And to me, I'm looking for another dominant ground day, like another, another dominant day on the ground. If you, if you put up another 200 yards rushing, you you run the ball. Well, even if it's not beautiful, because I'm not expecting it to be beautiful. It's a road game. It's a good defense this team doesn't play particularly well on the road just show me a, a consistent ground attack put 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 down the, the jets just get out of there with a win i don't care how ugly it is if you just show a little consistency there and get get back to 500 then i think you'll see a lot more people buying in like okay we have a legit chance you know we we get the bucks at home we already beat them on the road and probably the ugliest win i've ever seen like that was maybe the ugliest win in falcons history what uh, you know you guys were there you you know what i'm talking about but it you know it, then you then you play the panthers so it's like if if you can if you can somehow go 3 and over 3 and over this stretch when you couldn't go 3 and 0 over that last stretch then a lot will be forgiven because you'll you'll be at what at that point you'll be, I guess, eight and six. Um, and you'll be in the driver's seat. Like there's not really at that point, given how the Saints are looking and that you've beaten the Bucks and the Panthers again, you're you're in the driver's seat at that point. And and it's not like the, the remaining three games are all that terrifying either. I mean, the Colts probably the best team left, but now Jonathan Taylor's hurt. The Bears, I mean, who the Bears are either the worst team in the NFL or they're going to beat you by two points. There's no in between. Like they're just—I mean, who knows with the Bears? But then you play the Saints again. They have again. a
2: mobile quarterback, though. That's
1: the, the yeah, worst you're right. the so team could see so they're probably going to lose to the Bears because of that. That's a good point. They're also yeah. going to
0: be playing in Chicago. Yeah. In what January? At that point. Right. which yeah. is Not.
1: On no, it's not great. Yeah. So like you could—I think if you if you can find a way to win, you know, go two and one over these next three, you could probably afford. To also go two and one over the last three, and and finish you know nine and eight or whatever, um and that that nine and eight's probably winning this division by at least a game <laughs> given what, we, what we've seen from the rest of these teams. So that that's what I'm looking for at this stage. But Adnan, uh, is are you on this sort of the same page there?
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely with you on that one. I'm just saying like these next three games are against teams that are arguably that have arguably been worse than you have when it comes to consistency, when it comes to just, you know, overall play, like you're facing. The reason why I, I know I shouldn't be doing this to myself. I know I should not be getting my hopes up, but the reason why I am is because you already beat both the Panthers and the Bucks, and then you're facing Tim Boyle. Now the Falcons have disappointed me over and over and over and over again throughout my life and throughout this season um but i mean i just i just cannot believe how how light of a schedule they've been given i can't believe just how how easy the circumstances they've been given in this division everything has been presented to you on a silver platter and basically if you if you don't pull out this division at this point then there need to be wholesale changes like yeah. we're we're going to reignite that conversation because it's just, it's, it would just be unacceptable at that point. Now, you know, to Jordan's point, the Falcons are the Falcons and you know, they could, they could just as easily go. zero and three in this stretch. And we could be, we could be talking about a, a mock draft on the show in a couple of weeks. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's funny. Cause it's like, they're either going to make the playoffs or they'll be picking in the top 10. There's no middle ground. <laughs> we do realize, that, like I said, this is this is yeah. the
2: second year in a row. We, we, at least at this point of the year, yeah. I don't think that, you know, at least at the start of the year last year, people expected uh, Tampa Bay to be as bad as they were. Right, right. But at least at this point of the year, this is now two years in a row. We have said with how the division looks, it is frustrating and disappointing if you cannot win it. Right. Think about where we all were. After the crazy PJ Walker to DJ Moore game in the Benz, you win that game, you're in first place. You control your destiny. And it's there's there's literally is no reason as to why you should not win the division. That's that's kind of where we were last year, right? Then, of course, you go to certain games, you lose them, you lose to Baltimore when you probably shouldn't have, you lose to Washington. You have the Marcus Mariota throw the ball on his back <laughs> game on Thursday night. Um, but it was just one of those things where it was just like, okay, I get it. Like, yes, talent-wise, did we expect the Falcons to, to contend from the NFC South last year? No, I don't think we did, but they were there. So at a certain point, it was like, okay, well, now I got to take this for what it is. You You actually probably can and should win this division. You didn't. This is now year two where I think going into the year, now you had the expectations to win it. Yeah. So, again, when I look at all of this, this is why I always say, you know my questions about Arthur Smith—is he the right guy? And all these things that started last year, because last year you were in, you were almost in a very similar spot at this point in the season. Of you do have a chance to win this division, you have a chance where you should win this division. Now, if you don't, there's problems. Last year, I, there were questions. This year, if you don't do it, there's problems.
1: Yeah.
0: The other thing about this year versus last year is, I think objectively, as bad as that Bucks team was, I think they are objectively much better than this year's Saints, Bucks, or Panthers. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't disagree with that.
2: But I guess, again like I said, the way I look at it, again, like we, we can just even go, you know, almost like certain game for game, right? Week one, you should have won that game against the Saints. Right. Um now, of course, we can talk about the rough of the passer, Grady, Jarrett call. I'm not saying the Falcons should have won that game because again, that was a big comeback. So you know even with that, and again, it was a terrible call, but even with that, I'm not going to say they should have won that game. The uh, but the Baltimore game, the Washington game, could have should have won those, yeah. right? And you yeah. think about even just those three games alone, how differently does that make that division look, yeah, right? Exactly. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, you're not wrong about that Tampa team last year being better than this year's Tampa team or this year's New Orleans team. But I'm also saying, as bad as we all thought talent-wise and on paper that Falcons team was last year, still should have won the division. So now this year, as better as they are, you absolutely should win the division.
1: Yeah. No, it, it's just like that. They should be seven and five right now, or whatever, or seven, or, or, or seven, you know, eight and five, or whatever the heck it is. Like they, they, they should be comfortably in the lead for this division. Because if you think about it, if they were, if they were like seven and five now, and instead of five and six or whatever it is or six and five even or whatever the hell. Like they basically have like a, a two and a half game lead over everyone else or more. And it's like, wow, they're like dominating this division. But instead they, they lose three in a low three in a row against bad teams. And and you know, maybe the Vikings aren't a bad team. You know, they're they're technically in the wild card, I think, at this point, so it's like maybe they're not that bad. But it's like this Falcons' roster this year is actually something that should be competing for this division. Now that doesn't necessarily mean a lot in the context of the NFL. I mean, cause the, you know, the NFC South is terrible, but still like, I think they're clearly the most talented team in the division. They should be winning this division. You lose those three games. Like you did weeks eight, nine, and 10, you've lost your margin for error, but because the division's so bad, you're, you're very much in control. Like in fact, like you could probably still lose a game or two and be totally fine because of how you performed. You've won your division games. If if all else fails, if you can just win your division games, that'll that'll get you really far and so far they've at least done that. But to me, the big thing to watch is like is this a turning point for the Falcons because the one thing I've always gotten on Arthur Smith about and the biggest issue I've typically had is that when they come into like a must-win game or a game where it's like we really need to win this, we're they're, they're talking it up. And the Cardinals was a great example of this. they were like, "Oh, this is our Super Bowl." And that's ridiculous to say that, but like they were they were this was their thing. They were saying this. And like they lose to the Cardinals. And that's been Arthur Smith's story, is every time they come into a must-win back-against-the-wall game, where it's put up or shut up, they lose every time. This Saints game was that. This was like, if you lose this game, you're done. The fans are out. You're on a four-game losing streak. Arthur Smith's talking about getting fired. Everyone in the NFL is going to be talking about him getting fired. And they win it. And they win it by nine points against your hated rival that you really had a hard time beating. So maybe that is maybe that is a sign of something. It wasn't a pretty game, but but they did win a game that they had to win, finally. So maybe that's a sign of things to come, and you know, hopefully the the rush the run game can get going too. Because I believe at this point they're on a streak of like six games now of at least one hundred and ten yards rushing or something like that. Um, which one hundred and ten yards isn't a ton, but like it's just nice to see that they haven't been that low. I mean, I think they've they've had two games this year where they've been under a hundred yards. Um, so you know, two twenty eight highest rushing total of the season. Let's just let's keep it going. If I can see the run game consistent, they can go a the, long way against this schedule if they can just pound the rock like that.
0: They're also, and just the other thing, again, I'm, I'm not getting my expectations too high, but the other thing that is nice to see is they are featuring Bijan Robinson more. Yeah. Uh, in the first eight games of the season, Bijan had four more touches than Tyler Algier total. The, almost a dead even split. 131 to 127 in the last two games, uh, 42 for Bijan Robinson, 20 for Tyler Algier. So Bijan is doubling him up on touches, which is, you know, a, a good ratio, good amount. Like, uh, I'm not saying completely, you know, bench yeah, Algier. Yeah, and definitely not. Bijan yeah. Like yeah. Derrick Henry in high school where he's getting 45 carries a game. But, you know, they are featuring their, you know, stud top 10 pick more and you know you're you're seeing a payoff you saw a payoff against the saints um you were seeing a payoff for for a while there against the cardinals as well um so you know it it feels like they have they have shifted that and it feels like they have fully committed to Bijan being the focal point of this offense which is you know something that should not have taken this long
1: yeah i agree i still can't believe they only passed for 70 yards against the cardinals i just I just saw that stat, the Cardinals. Yeah, so, ooh, this this team, guys. We 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 follow a just the, one of the most perplexing and frustrating teams in the NFL. But you know, they're they're oddly compelling. I'll give them that. But before before we sign off, want to go around the go around the horn one more time, get everyone's final takes, and of course tonight's show is of course brought to you by Bet Online as well. Uh, First of all, Aaron Freeman, guys, he's currently at Locked on Falcons. His original account is at Falcfans. Aaron, I do have a couple of uh, uh, donations that were targeted at you. I I say targeted because they seem a little aggressive towards you, so you've been warned. But uh, Jason Gaines wants wants you to know that uh, freezing cold takes has been circulating the Travis Kelsey tweet again. He didn't. He didn't know if you'd seen that, so he no, wanted I to make it. sure. I saw it. I was. Like, I you was wanted, trying to ignore it. Yeah. But everybody wanted to make sure. Was, yeah. to, was like, hey, Aaron, did
3: you see this? Like, yeah, I saw it. Did you yep. see this? Uh, yeah, I, I yep. saw he it. Wanted, yeah, he wanted. He wanted to it. make sure you
1: do. Yeah. All right. Appreciate <laughs> and it. And then he, he, he also wants uh wants you to know uh wanted to ask if if Elon was putting you in Twitter jail because of the Kelsey tweet. And I believe <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> oh but, man! Like yeah. you know
3: I that tweet is 10 years old and I like Travis. I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey a lot. Like he's one of my favorite players now. Of course, no one would believe that because of a stupid 10 year old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You know? So it's just like, all right, cool. I'll just, I'll just own it. I guess I'll just be the Travis Kelsey hater for the rest of my life.
1: Yep. Yeah. But, uh, funny, funny stuff. Thank you, Jason, for the donations as well. Uh, always that that's a fun one, but yeah, this is one more lesson why you should just never tweet ever you know that that's really the takeaway message from this but aaron any anything else you want to share anything else you want to plug before we sign off tonight
3: no uh check out locked on falcons um did a preview episode of jets basically saying all the things said tonight that (laughs) this is a troublesome matchup for the falcons um and hopefully they won't let us down so that's that's basically it
1: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed on that one. We also have with us Jordan Watkins. He's at Big 75, fella. He's host of the Falcons Fade podcast as well. Jordan, anything else you'd like to add? Anything else to plug tonight?
2: Uh, I mean, I just want to say this, because I know there's been uh, talk about this, whether it's in the chat. Again, shout out to the chat. Like I said, I'm always watching y'all. Um, but also, I think I've just heard it from Falcons fans and people in general talking about, all right, well, if we make the playoffs... We're not better than this team, that team. So why do we want to make it? But you want to consistently be a loser? Like that, I, I don't understand that mentality. Also, that's a weird take. Again, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very weird. It's very weird. But at the same time, for me, it's like, let's just say, like, look, I always want a culture in a building that's focused around winning. And I'm telling you, once you get a, a taste of winning, it's addict, it's addictive, right? So even if the Falcons, let's say they win, maybe they had to match up with the Cowboys in the first round or whatever they lose. Still, everyone in that building is like, man, this is what the playoffs are like. I want to be back here. I want to do whatever it takes to get back here. Or, you know, maybe there's certain voids and free agency that you have to fill, right? I mean, obviously we, we heard what Calais had to say, Jesse Bates had to say when it came in about this vision and what the team was going to do. Well, now if you start putting results to that vision, now other people are going to say, man, you know, the Falcons, they're just me away from – from going there, and then this is going to make it look even different, right? And instead of oh, whoops, well, the same old Falcons—they're not making playoffs. They're seven and ten again, and yada yada yada. Like, oh, am I going to waste my time there? Outside of you know, you want to be a young, a young man in Atlanta. I understand that, but um, you know, my point being is, no, it, it, like even if you just make the playoffs, that means something. So this whole narrative and idea that people talk about of well, you're just going to lose if you get there. I don't care. you made the playoffs. Making the playoffs, it matters in this league. That matters and, like, like it, it, that means something. So, no, make the damn playoffs. I don't care yeah. if you lose right away when you make it. Make the damn playoffs.
0: Yeah. would also and, be the yeah, first yeah. No, ever go home game at the Benz in the playoffs if you win yeah. this division. Like, yeah. you have not had a home playoff game since the NFC title game in 2016. You haven't had a playoff game since 2017. Never had a playoff game in the Benz. Yeah. The
2: University of Georgia and Alabama, they have more (laughs) playoff games in the Benz than the Falcons do. Atlanta United has more playoff games in the Benz than the Falcons do. I need to see the Falcons in the playoffs having a playoff game in the Vets. I need to see it.
0: The New England Patriots have more playoff wins <laughs> in the Benz.
2: You didn't have to. You didn't have to save them. You didn't have to do you us didn't like have that. To save yeah. Them.
1: yeah. we could leave that. We could leave the Patriots out of this, but at yeah, least at least, least they're they're paying for their sins now. Uh, that the deal with the devil has expired, and now he's coming coming calling for the Patriots' souls. But. Um, yeah, and can the Falcons
0: make a similar deal for seven titles.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll take it at this point. You know, dude, somebody, somebody get get the proper uh, spectral authorities in touch with the Falcons so we can make this deal. But um, yeah, it you, you got to get playoff experience if you want to like because it, it's rare that you just get in and win. Like it, you need you need and like there's guys like Jesse Bates they've had the experience but this is a young roster for the most part. There are some veterans here but you need to start getting playoff experience if you're serious about this team actually getting somewhere. And like, even if you get waxed by the Cowboys in the round and round one, which probably like at least an 80% chance that that happens. Right. So even if you, you lose that game, you get the playoff experience, you get the game in the bends. It, it's, it's worth it. Like, and like, yeah, maybe you lose the game, but there's, there's always a chance that you don't lose the game. Okay. Like you, you can win. There is a chance that the Cowboys lost me- to the Cardinals. Like, the cowboys I mean, it, it can are happen. the best
3: team to play in the playoffs yeah. if you want to luck up and win a game that yeah. you have no
0: business winning because they yes. are
3: notorious for losing playoff games that they have no business losing. Yes.
1: Yeah. So like if anyone is gonna potentially blow a playoff game, it's the cowboys. And
0: you guys heard it here first. Aaron Freeman is guaranteeing a win against the Cowboys <laughs> in the it's wild coming. card round. It's coming. I mean, it's look, just it's look. one of
3: those things. Hey, yeah.
0: The Eagles better watch out. We're coming up there for divisional round weekend. Oh, i
3: I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that L. I'll tweet that out and let uh, Freezing Cold Things <laughs> post that one.
0: Yeah. That happened. no No, that,
1: that's a good point, though, because this you know, the Cowboys are notorious playoff chokers. And uh, the Falcons, it's basically a house money game, right? It's like nobody in the world is expecting anything from you. So you go in like, okay, whatever. If we lose, I don't care. There's no expectations. There's no pressure. We're just going to come out and play. And you're probably going to get your ass kicked, but maybe you don't maybe you don't and then there's always that chance
0: also just because we're talking about the playoffs because it's very fun and it's been so long yeah um if you you know truly do expect a division title this season uh that thursday night football game this week between the cowboys and seahawks is going to be very important because the winner of that game will sort of have an inside route to that five seed to that top wild card seed and The winner will, I don't want to say will likely play in Atlanta because the Cowboys will still have the better record, but the Cowboys' schedule is very, very difficult down the stretch. So if you want to, you know, hope for a division title and hope to avoid the Cowboys, then it's in your rooting interest to support the Seahawks on Thursday.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe we could get, you know, unless the Falcons think they're going to be getting ahead of one of the – you know, higher uh, they, they, rates. They, they're, not they're not getting mean, ahead of any of these other division leaders. You're not it's getting ahead not getting of the
0: ahead. Lions or the or the forty niners.
1: Yeah. It's it's just there's no way. So uh it's it, you're playing you're you're almost certainly playing the Cowboys. But you know, it we'll see. We'll see how how that shakes out. Uh we got a long way to go, of course. But also of course thanks to my co host Adani Adanika, she's at say which way I done anything else you'd like to plug before we sign off tonight.
0: Uh yeah well I'm working on uh, what if the Falcons win or lose, which is a a, a lot more, you know, positive uh, tone this week than it was uh, last week. And, you know, the series history article against the Jets, which the Jets, by the way, uh, preview of that article, are the team the Falcons have the third highest winning percentage against in the NFL behind only the Chargers and the Panthers. So historically, the Falcons have, have beaten the Jets uh, more times than not. They've won four of the last five games against them. So, you know, history's on your side. Not that that really matters. Um, but also, if, you know, if they lose this game, I think we may have a thousand people uh, viewing the post game show on Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, guys, you, you heard it here first. You know, the imminent doom of facing Tim Tim Boyle is is coming, but I, I'm holding out hope that we'll have another positive post-game show this week. Obviously, we will have a uh, game preview coming. Uh, I know I'm going to be joined by uh, the uh, Believe in Jets guys, um, Rami Lavi, I believe is his name, and then possibly former Jets running back Bilal Powell, aka my oh. fantasy hero from a few years ago. Uh, shout out to Bilal Powell. He like won me my championship that year. I had to he, he took, I forget what year it was, but he like took over the New York backfield because of injuries and he like crushed it from like weeks 14 through like 17. He just crushed it. So, uh, big fan of Bilal Powell even before that, but especially because of that. Uh, so definitely excited to, to have, have him on if he's available as well. So we'll be doing that on Friday coming to you guys. And then of course we'll have our post game, uh, where we're hopefully recapping a win against the Jets and, and some more positivity and, you know, Uh, that's, that's, I'm not even going to entertain anything else at this point because I, I, that's just too dark. It's just too dark. Okay. Like I've had enough of that. So let's, let's get this big dub and we can have a little bit more positivity in here. Uh, because it's more fun when the Falcons are at least flirting with the playoffs, even if this team is probably fatally flawed, uh, in in terms of some, something, you know, maybe the play calling is the fatal flaw at this team. I don't know, but, uh, we'll just hope for the best here. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Leave that five-star review for listening on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, Check out, if you're watching on YouTube, we do have our channel memberships now. Shout out to everyone who's already signed up there. If you want to get some YouTube exclusive perks, you can sign up on the channel memberships page here on YouTube. If you're a podcast listener, check out the Patreon for those exclusive podcast perks as well uh yeah guys we'll see you again on sunday afternoon for this post game show fingers crossed for the big dub uh so for myself for adnan for jordan for aaron thank you guys so much for joining us tonight on Falcon clock live we'll see you next time folks have a great night